0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Coming up in this edition of TV Blackbox: why Carl and Jackie O's big radio move... Could be the TV story of the year. Another new show struggles in the ratings. Just what do audiences want? And a surprise move from Channel 10 read the replacement of Jock Zomprillo on MasterChef. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This, well, it's TV Black Box. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too.
0: This is TV Blackbox, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry.
1: Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight. Welcome to TV Blackbox. TV presenter David Robinson is in the house. <laughs> Hello, Rob.
0: <laughs> All right, that's a little bit of uh, like Ricky Lake coming back there. Woo, woo. Ricky Lake, I'm doing the hands. Uh, great to be with you.
1: Go, Ricky. Good to be with Go, you as well. Ricky. Abby Mickelson returns after <laughs> having a of a good lie down after hearing that I agreed with her on something. Hello, Abby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hello, Rob. I know, it was quite shocking. Um, I would just first like to begin by acknowledging and paying respects to the Daramorgal people, who are the traditional custodians of the land that I am recording on tonight.
1: Mug, the viewer's advocate, is also in
3: the house. Hello, Mog. Hello, Rob. Two weeks and you're still milking that joke on Abbey. Um, friends, I am coming to you tonight oh, live from the land of the Dark and jungle, uh, and I pay my respect <laughs> to their elders past and present. I'm keen for a good conversation tonight, friends.
1: Oh, you're doing another podcast.
3: <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm on ABC Sydney
1: evenings with the and I do that Oh, that's
0: fantastic
1: <laughs> And I am with uh i on nights with John Stanley, with Bill Woods, filling in for John And I'm in Sydney at the moment, I'm live on location And I'll be able to go into the G P studios tonight, so that'll be a lot of fun
2: This podcast is not live, are both of you forgetting that by the <laughs> no, time no, this I, comes out These both will have happened I already. was just mentioning but in response
3: to his slight, but now Rob's turned it into a promotional vehicle again
1: <laughs> 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 Always, and I' loving being in Sydney. I've been able to go into the morning show at Martin Place, which is looking a little bit um, empty at the moment because mm. the newsroom has moved over to the new studios at Everly. And can I tell you something? I, I hope Seven don't. Are you allowed mind to? Me so I mentioned I've been doing some work for Seven Spotlight. I'm in the building all this week, and mm-hmm. I was in there last week as well. And I couldn't help myself. I went down and had a look at the new sunrise set. And it's good. Yeah. It's really good. Now, this is the part I, I hope seven don't mind me mentioning. There have been questions on Media Spy about whether they're using the seven new set. I can confirm they are not. This studio is they got their huge. own studio, yeah, yeah. It no, they share the studio. But it's one big studio, like it is really, really big. Okay. Seven years. So think about seven years. The pictures you've seen, it's pretty big, right? Yep. And you turn the cameras around, and sunrise big is same in again. The other part of the studio. It's, it, this studio is really, really huge, and the sunrise slash morning show set is huge. I think it's going to be really impressive when it's all lit up and with the um, with with all with all the jazz going. Yes, Robert.
0: I think that a lot of people, especially at Martin Place, who have been there for a long time, will be very happy that it's finally moving into an actual TV studio. Um, there were there were plenty of uh, grumbles and uh, whinges when it happened when it moved to Martin Place from Epping. I think a lot of people will be very happy in the background, the behind the scenes. I'll tell you right now, they actually are. Is that because really they felt a, it was uh, pretend a pretend like.
3: studio, Robbo, not real TV? Yeah. Well,
0: there was a pretend studio, and it was also lots and lots of problems from the very beginning, Mm. where even before they moved in there, there were issues and problems where people said, uh, from engineers and technical directors and things like that, that Martin Place was never going to be a, a proper or a good place to host any kind of television, let alone your flagship yep. programs like Sunrise uh, and uh, obviously the 6pm News. Uh, the great thing is, though, uh, Rob and I have a very special relationship with that big studio mm. because it was there that we held uh, auditions for the presenters for Studio 10 in that big studio. So it
1: wasn't – I don't think it's the one Channel 70 using, but – Yes, it uh, is. Oh, it is, is it? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Because that is N.E.P. is there. So, oh well, you taught me something. I didn't. Nearly know 20 thing.
3: years later, they're moving out, and the end of the month we'll get the, the new sunrise and morning shows you know what
0: you'll get you know what you'll get after yeah 20 years you'll get um two broadcasts that won't have phones ringing in the background <laughs> from the offices upstairs <laughs> i promise you if you listen closely to the broadcast you'll always hear a phone ringing or phones ringing and especially someone going, around
1: 6pm no you can never hear that you can just hear the phones ringing yep um it's funny malk that um Robbo's talking about the fact we did the Studio 10 auditions, the second auditions when we narrowed it down at the NEP studios in Everly. And the studio was so big, we literally got told to drive our car in for parking because there were no parks available. And I literally parked my car in the studio. But the the funniest thing was it was one of the first times I think Robbo and I met and he's in the car and he looks behind and says, why the bloody hell have you got kid seats? Aren't you gay?
3: Amazing. I
1: really I, I it was one of those shocking moments where I like <laughs> turn around I'm like what
0: why what, why are the kids here?
3: Robo, and he's like, yeah, I've got three kids. You would know yes. everybody needs a cover story, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Especially in television, and you know what? Some of the presenters who had the jobs on Studio Ten they drove certain cars into that studio that day. Mm. Let me tell different you, well, let's just a say couple there was of a years,
3: in <laughs> yeah, a couple of years after,
0: the car park was filled with different oh, cars. I no, can I'll guarantee you oh, right yeah, now. <laughs>
3: at least a couple of them changed cars.
0: Yeah, that's right. Beautiful work, and uh, obviously 52 Mutton Place was when, well, it was kind of, I, I worked at Epping for a little while, but then that was the place where I honed my skills at Seven. I have a lot of great memories there, so it'll be very sad to see Seven go from there. For
1: sure, and it'll be great when you finally hone them. All right. (laughs) Wow. All right, let's get into it because ABC's Media Watch has come under fire this week, accused of a lack of balance in its reporting. It comes following a segment on Julie Sago, a former columnist of The Age. Julie left the paper after a controversial article on transgender children was rejected. Media Watch reported on Julie's departure and the contents of the article itself. But in an open letter signed by 26 organisations, including Amnesty International, Trans Pride Australia and the Trans Justice Project, Media Watch was accused of failing to adequately engage with vital facts and context. Executive producer of Media Watch, Tim Latham, has defended the story as fair and balanced and offering significant airtime to the counterpoints. I've got to say, Robert, I don't understand what the issue is here. MediaWatch laid out the facts. It presented both sides of the story... I genuinely don't know why everyone's in a hump.
0: Uh, I agree with you. So we had the the response, obviously, from the activist, which was great, and we had a few grabs uh, from her throughout the program or throughout yeah. the segment. I thought that was really important. I thought Media Watch does what Media Watch does, and that was analyse what happened within the media. They don't analyse the story as much or as always, but they're analysing they're not as to what to happened. Say transgender
1: I- uh, issues are right or wrong. That's not Correct. the point of Media Watch.
0: That's not their go, um, and, and we appreciate that. The fact is that they had responses from the head of an activist organisation. I'm not sure what else uh, people want because uh, on every other story, they do the same thing. So they get the, the, the uh, response from, say, a family who was wronged by a current affair just making something up. So they, they get that story... So they get responses from their wronged family, they then go to the producers or the EP of uh, Current Affair and what's your side, and then obviously someone gives an opinion about it. You know, if Paul Barry says, well, I think this is a wrong story right story. Um, th- this is no different. And just because it's about trans issues, uh, we're all told to kind of get a, a fire uh, uh, under us. And I don't think that's right. I think they did exactly what Media Watch should do. They do exactly what MediaWatch always right. does. And it, yes, it's about the story, but it's also about the way that the media handled a particular story. uh, and, And they passed the judgment. They also had both sides of the story.
2: I don't agree. I don't think there was anything close to equal footing for both sides. And I think the media has fallen into this trap many times before. And it reminds me of during COVID, it particularly happened. And I wasn't actually aware of this concept until COVID. But it's this idea of false balance, where they think that if they put up two opposing views, therefore that is a balanced. Discussion. What that doesn't allow for is the nuance that one view might be based in fact, evidence, data, research, professionals, and the other view is based in misinformation. And when mm. you give those two an equal footing, you end up in a really dangerous and precarious position. And I just, I don't think, even though, yes, they did air kind of counterpoints from the activists, I don't think they did enough in context to disavow what was being said in this article mm. so but they that's would put not put their job to, sta- to
1: disavow what was said in the article that's not what they were doing here they i agree sure. with you it's like climate denialism um mm-hmm. the bbc i think have said they will not give equal weight to people who deny yeah. climate change right because yeah. of the science so mm. the the issue here is that there was a discussion about why this journalist left and the rejection mm-hmm. of her article and that she then posted it um mm-hmm. It is not about the trans issue per se, but because it is about the trans issue, that's why it's blowing up, which is what happens here. Media Watch Mm -hmm. is not the forum for everyone to have a debate on about trans issues. This was about the employment of a journalist and whether her article crossed a line. And, and, you know, and as Robert said, both both sides of the argument were presented here, but Media Watch isn't here to, whether it's climate science or anything else, to specifically Mm -hmm. uh, um, go into the judgment of uh, setting every every fact that was made in an article right, it's there to give us a broad view of what's happening.
2: And I, I don't... As someone who likes Media Watch, I don't think they did a good job at that. I think they aired a lot of, frankly, propaganda and let it go completely unchecked. So they would say an opinion and then move on to something else without actually providing the evidence that disputes that. And I think that just puts you in a really dangerous position. And I think, like Robbo said, we do all get fired up about this trans issue. And the reason I think, more than a lot of other issues, it needs to be so carefully reported on is because it's such a big issue. I mean, that actually does have real-world consequences. I mean, when you think of... um, Transgender people, for example, having a suicide ideation rate of over 75% and an attempted suicide rate of almost 50%. These kind of stories do have to be handled with a bit more care. And I understand your point of it's not Media Watch's job to decide whether the article was right or wrong or whatever. I do think there was a definite tone in the scripting in just the little comments and things that were made that it was pretty clear and and i don't know how media watch works i don't know if paul barry does the scripting if a producer does it whatever i do think it was fairly clear their stance on it and it doesn't overly come why isn't that okay if
1: they had a stance like that if media watch is part opinion and Mm -hmm. if that is their view that they form that the article was okay why does that matter
3: i i I, th- I th- we're in a really interesting time when it comes to social commentary around the inclusion of the full breadth of queer people. Particularly the latest battleground, and I, I use that word absolutely um, to be provocative, is around the inclusion of transgender people. Uh, and particularly some of the commentary that's happening around you know, whether transgender people can compete in sport and all of those sorts of things. Uh, you've got some high-profile people coming out saying some pretty horrendous things about it transgender legitimate people. legitimate questions, though. They're the, legitimate questions. But none of this... Really, look, to be honest, we can't get bogged down
1: on social issues. I oh, know,
3: and I'm just setting up the framework to say that in the 15 to 18 minutes that Media Watch have to talk about any of the things that they do, I'm going to say more often than not, they nail it. They do a really good job of talking about the issue, explaining what the issue is, maybe passing some opinion. That is the glory of what a Media Watch can do. And moving on to the next story. Great. The challenge around having any kind of conversation around issues relating to transgender rights or transgender issues, particularly when it is um, a journalist who has been let go from their role for holding... For writing a specific opinion piece about transgender issues when they are not transgender, and holding an opposing view to the rights of transgender people, and then having that having to explain the the, the story itself as a part, like the article itself as a part of the story, without then providing, I want to say balance in the truest sense, righting the wrongs Mm -hmm. of what the article represented. That is indeed where all of these organisations, and it is a lengthy list, including Amnesty International, who wrote an open letter Mm. to the the producers and executive producer uh, and Paul Barry from Media Watch, listing their concerns. They weren't jumping up and saying, you have to fix it. They're saying, we would ask in the future, can you please take Mm. this kind of, you know, stuff into account in the discourse? It's not to try and fly the flag, Either way, quite frankly, what they're saying is obviously they're going to fly the trans flag as well they should. When they're looking at Media what's they're not saying to you have to support us. What they're looking for is balance in offsetting the kind of harmful rhetoric that honestly was represented by the journalist. That was Mm. in part the reason for her editor telling her you're not writing for us anymore. That was the reason.
0: But is that their job? They're reporting on the fact that a a journalist was let go by The Age. The Age says it was actually because she was disparaging the paper. Fine. Um, And uh, obviously she said there were other issues. Sure. Uh, But that's what we've got. I I just don't know that Media Watch then has to... Fly the trans flag because that's it's not called Trans Watch, it's called Media (laughs) Watch.
2: But I I don't think it's about them necessarily outwardly coming out and supporting transgender Mm -hmm. people. I think it's about airing these views and not providing the actual factual evidence against it.
0: But they weren't airing the views, they were airing,
2: they were, but
1: But they were airing the views of the journal. Yeah, well, that's a one hour show and that's not Media Watch. And I just think there's too much being asked because it's transgender. I just think there's too much being asked. Well, as MasterChef Australia hits the home stretch for the year, there is one question on everyone's minds. Who will replace Jock Somprello next season? The shock passing of the celebrity chef leaves Andy Allen and Melissa Leong without a third counterpart. But the Herald Sun is speculating that there will be no third judge and instead that spot will be a rotating roster. I
2: mean, that actually seems like a fair enough idea to me. No, no, no. So as a diehard hard I mean, I really art thought art. this would
1: be the one we agree on.
2: No, 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 but hear me out, hear me out. As a diehard master Chef fan, <laughs> yes. Jock Zonfillo had such an important role in that, in that he was the only, and no disrespect to the other two, they're great. They each have their roles. He was the only one who was a really well-established professional chef. chef. And you need that. You can't have a guest come in and go with two people who have their own accomplishments fine, but are not the professionals in their field. And yes, you can have that in the guest chef, as they probably would, as they do now when they have a fourth chef, but they don't have the same knowledge of the contestant. So mm-hmm. Jocks on Filler was amazing in that show, and part of it is because he knows the contestants very well, and because of his wealth of knowledge and expertise, he is really, really able to mentor and teach them in a way that the other two just can't. And they have different yeah, it's roles. It's a hard
1: call for Tim, though, isn't oh, it? Oh, it? it's
2: awful. I, like, do not envy whoever has to make that call. I do not envy whoever is put in that position. I don't envy the other two judges. It is an awful, awful situation. But I do think for the show to continue to have the reputation of being a professional cooking show, you do need someone with that amount of experience in a permanent capacity.
1: Yeah. Get ready to have another week off because I agree with you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm not an idiot all the time.
1: Only on the social issues.
3: (laughs) I totally hear what you're saying, Abby. I, I actually think it's a good idea because often when there is the three hosts and the guest chef, you know, whoever, whatever's doing the thing, Like four people is a lot of people to include in a conversation when you're talking about, you know, judging someone's food and all those sorts of things. Like it just feels Mm. a bit bloated. I agree that what it will now miss is somebody with Jock's experience or before them, Gary and even George, you know, that have done the time in the kitchen, that have the chops in that regard. Um, Andy is a great guy who won MasterChef a few years ago and hasn't been as tested in the kitchen as Jock had Mm. or the others have in that regard. I think that it's an excellent opportunity for Ten to save some cash. End of story. I don't think it's a cash saving, though, oh, Robo. This is them trying to manage a difficult
1: situation. Oh, and I, and I hear is.
3: that, so I don't. I don't mean to be disrespectful to Jock's family or to Jock even. Um, I think absolutely, though, not paying a third wage permanently in that situation is going to help the production. Well, despite a
1: great week with Asha's ratings, it hasn't been great for a big new launch for Channel 9. Rush, which many are calling a knockoff of The Amazing Race, failed to find any significant audience. Its five-city metro figure was just 301,000. That made it fourth in its time slot. Nine did come in second for the night in their primary channel share, though, behind seven who saw Dancing with the Stars more than double the figures for Rush. Dancing with the Stars is having a fantastic season. I don't know that I want to be critical when new shows aren't working for the networks. Why are these new formats not connecting with audiences? I would rather than try
3: to have a go, but it's just not working. Uh, look, and Rush is definitely not working for nine. The second episode, Monday night's episode, dropped to two hundred ninety-two thousand five city metro, but lifted to third place. Mind you, a very diff distant third place, only because Million Dollar Island slung under is it. So it's
2: still going, Jesus. Oh,
3: mate, that car accident. That show is still somehow a thing. I have. A, I actually have a unique theory on this, and I reckon. I, I don't think Rush is great. I think that Nine, because it's another original format that Nine, I think in partnership with Banerjee that have made and are pitching to the to the wider television world. It's very clearly a massive carbon copy esque version of The Amazing Race. It's it's ostensibly the same format, um, with the idea that the contestants are rushing around and we see them having to deal with but, but, the most interesting okay, of, of that, reality but TV why concepts. Was turn up why do viewers or why don't they turn up why didn't they turn up my question here is
1: that oh, sunday night like viewers aren't willing to give any new formats go sure. even if they are copies
3: right? sunday night they didn't what turn I'm up for two reasons unless it's a heritage brand we don't seem to be able to get them there to try it out there's two reasons why they didn't turn up on sunday night one dancing with the stars is in a purple patch and even then like 600 whatever it is is pulling is not massive numbers but right now massive numbers uh, yeah. And the second thing is it was up against day five of an Ashes test that was actually in the balance again. Like there was interest. Mm. And so that was always going to withdraw and take away um, from from the, the the launch of Rush. There's, the, my theory as to why Rush particularly is not finding an audience, apart from the fact that it's not very good and that the host, <laughs> David Gannat has no business being a host. He's so Who? bad at it, it's not funny. Yeah. And that is that Nine knew this after they saw the finished product. So they have strategically planned to drop it out against the Ashes and Wimbledon, hoping that they will win the night, but they're willing to sacrifice it and run out the show so that they get the end goal, which is here's the new program that we launched. Here's the numbers. Let's sell it to the wider market. We got it to air. It was a thing. And, oh, but, you know, Wimbledon and the Ashes got in the way. Mate, I reckon they've intentionally put it here because it's going to actually protect it from some greater criticism because Wimbledon and the Ashes are in the way. It's just not real good.
0: So, Monkey, this might back... I haven't seen it. And uh, this is part of my point here. And this is a really important point. And Malk, I'm kind of going to back you up here because of what you're saying. I went today after I saw what was in the program tonight. Um, I then thought, bloody hell, I have not seen this Rush program. Mm. I did a Google search. The stuff that came up was the old Rush drama from Network 10 back in the days where they Mage used to put on the waters. super up yeah, making yeah. the super up that would say available in widescreen digital um, and then I thought okay I'll give them a second chance I went to YouTube and put in Channel 9 Rush trailer there is nothing there so nothing yeah. on Google that comes up on the first page, nothing on YouTube we are in 2023 so the 9 network I'm hoping is part of a larger a larger idea of what you were suggesting Malk, if not this is absolutely ridiculous and has not Worked because how could you bloody have seen it? Because there was no mm. promo for it anywhere, even if I wanted to go and check it out on Nine Now, like a, uh, a catch up service and sure. you know, going for that way. Um, there was nowhere to find it and there was nowhere to see what it was. This is an absolute ridiculous well, mistake well, uh, no, by I mean, the Nine Network. Find it? No, no, you could find it on, but I'm saying to you, I want to watch a trailer. So I want to see it yeah, on YouTube. I don't want to go to 9, nine now, now where I've got to
1: wait for the, the glitchy, stupid player to, to play TV me. Go to mate, and search <laughs> Rush. You'll find the trailer. <laughs> well, well weirdly...
0: Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I'm going to respond to that. If you put in Rush Channel 9... It does not come up on the first page of Google. So mm. even if it's in your article, if it's embedded, it doesn't come up in the search. You can do searches within TV Blackbox. It doesn't come up in the search. <laughs> I'm looking for That's
1: not an, helping a a to argument, to right. that you no, Do a search and it shits, will come up, Robbo. This
0: shit's because nine will go <laughs> rushed in fucking rate. Right. <laughs> Fuck off. Don't cry to me. That, that's When that you can't fucking see it. Anywhere Indeed. and it's not Black easier bumps. to see. Come, so I'm just going to jump in really
3: up. quickly, just as a, I guess, a pin on this, to reinforce my my theory, my conspiracy theory that Nine knew it wasn't very good. They gave nobody the opportunity to preview it. They've only which, released which is always the episode. A sign. It's mate. If you do not back it and you don't want all of the eyeballs from a previewer point of view to be able to watch your show, you're either it's too hot to handle, it's too amazing and too great or it's rubbish, and I can promise you it was not the first thing.
1: Abby, I haven't seen Rush. No. No, else has. Has.
2: Yeah. no No <laughs>
0: Sorry, kick
1: But for the last two days, sitting at my desk, I've looked up and seen the replay of it hmm. up on the screen. And every time I've looked up, they don't seem to be in a rush. It looks, <laughs> uh, 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 it, it honestly, uh, I'm not trying to be a smartass. Yep. It actually looks like they're just in some European oh. city having a lovely time, yep. going yeah. to restaurants Deandering. and things. It doesn't, it, it, yeah. It's not like The Amazing Race where you're constantly trying to get from one thing to no. the other. They're like, oh, lovely to see you. And I, I don't it know. It, just, it yeah. certainly doesn't live up to the name from what I've seen.
2: No, it doesn't look to be overly exciting. And I just want to 100% back rubble on this Prior to yesterday when in the TV black box Slack people were talking about it, I had not heard of this show. Hmm. Outside of the context of the TV black box Slack, I still have not heard of this show. Mm. Where was the marketing for this at all? Like genuinely had not heard the name, had not heard what it was about, had not heard anything and only saw it from TV black box. And I just think for find everything it's true but for a new primetime reality show to have seemingly like a zero dollar marketing budget is pretty insane to me
1: oh they were saving their money for other stuff all right coming up another Shane worn project in the pipeline Why the carl and jackie o's big radio move could be the tv story of the year and of course we'll find out what everyone's been watching in the tv binge box Shane Warne's son is reportedly working on his own docu-series about his dad, and this comes after the two-part series Warning on Channel 9. According to New Idea, Jackson Warne is working on a project including family home movies and interviews with those closest to Shane. The family did have some criticisms about the Channel 9 project, but it did okay on the first night, but lost uh, some audience on the second night. Mog, Mul- I feel like when it comes to Warning people would be more interested in seeing the personal life than a drama series about him.
3: Yeah, look, probably Rob. And, and I think that it would be a minefield to be able to show a whole bunch of that stuff, short of family home movies and those sorts of things. So much of what Warney did was in the public eye. Uh, and, Part of the criticism from within the the Warn family, including uh, Shane's former wife Simone, was the in, the inference that I have to say the softest ball that was that that series Warnie on nine. It was a soft ball, almost a love story to Shane Warn. Um, they said it was mean spirited. I mean, they cut out heaps of shit he did that we all know about and didn't even mention it. Um, yeah, I agree. I, with I mean, that. the challenge around this, is, and look, I appreciate that Jackson Warren may have grand plans and grand, grand ideas. He hasn't started doing a damn thing. I think he's honestly fishing for a job himself. He wants to say, so I think we can do this, but the challenge is going to be really how much interest are the public going to have? Just seeing stuff that we already know about Warner, you're going to have to bring some absolute tidbits of real undiscovered, untalked about stuff. And frankly, Unless you're going to get Liz Hurley to sit down or those two chicks he was busted in a video in his Playboy undies and get them to talk on camera, what are we going to learn about Shane Warne that we don't already know?
0: Mark, you're exactly right. Unless we sit down with Liz Hurley or those two girls, it is exactly your point um, that we want to hear those those stories. Um, a couple of things are that you can look to uh, Rocket Man, which was Elton John's biopic. You can mm-hmm. look at the Queen one. What was the Queen one called? I
3: Bohemian forgot. Rhapsody.
0: Bohemian Rhapsody, thank you. Um, both come under fire for not being true to their subject matter. Both come under fire for not including so much about the subject matter, especially Bohemian Rhapsody. So we're getting this with Warn anyway. It's the same kind of thing. Um, yes, I agree with you, Mock. If he can get Liz Hurley, if he can get those kind of people and actually get people sitting down going, you know what? What about that, the home videos? That, yeah, fine. great. They're, no, not enough. Not enough. We need to see we we know about Warn. You know, he, he smoked cigarettes and he was drinking when he shouldn't be, all of that kind of thing. We know about that. We want to sit down with Liz and find out exactly what was happening in his life at that time. Mm. Uh, And that's what we need to hear. We need to hear those anecdotes. Failing that though, I'd love to see a documentary on Jackson's jawline because that is a fantastic jawline. If you look at that in any kind of pictures, it is beautiful. I'm glad he's and, uh, got his
3: beauty because he is not the sharpest tool in the shed, that's <laughs> for sure.
0: That's a six is, or a four. I don't know. Is that, fishing, a, is that a cricket thing? Using
1: his dad's home videos, fishing for some work, that actually seems pretty smart to me. Yeah, he Christian doesn't have the home
0: videos. They're boring. They're yeah. nothing. He, he got a home run. Who cares?
1: All right. Radio's biggest duo are in the final 18 months of their contract, and a big negotiation is underway for Carl and Jackie O. The Carl and Jackie O show currently broadcasts on Kiss FM in Sydney. That's owned by ARN. But discussions are apparently underway that might see the pair jump ship to rival media company Southern Cross Austereo. Their existing contract is estimated being up to $8 million per year each, one network insider claims what happens next will be the biggest talent media deal ever. I'll tell you why I wanted to talk about this in the TV black box. I don't think this is just a radio plane. I think Carl and Jackie O want a video component. I think they have been trying to push into this area for a long time. I've certainly had discussions with Carl about a radio component, a video component to his show. and. I am guessing here that he wants to see some action and, of course, they're negotiating. Uh, Radio will be be the predominant force here, Mm -hmm. but I think they want to do more than just a radio show and, of course, they also want to be in other markets and so if if Southern Cross Australia will allow them to do breakfast in Melbourne, Mm -hmm. Brisbane and the like, that is absolutely a great deal for them. But at the end of the day, I also do think video will play a big part of this, and which is why I think it's going to be interesting from a TV perspective, Mark. I,
3: I think that the Kyle and Jackie O show moving to some kind of televised or streamed format, whatever you know, however we, we think that might work, in, as a possibility um, in the next phase of their empire building, it is an interesting one. The challenge that has to be overcome is that Kyle and Jackie O are still largely Sydney-centric. People outside Sydney don't care about them as much as people think they do. And with with limited exception, every time that Kyle and Jackie O, admittedly separately, have been on television, True. the show has stunk. True. Um, and not performed well.
1: You know, I, I I understand what you're saying there, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about their radio show in a video. I know, oh, no, and, and I acknowledge that. And and that's think what I'm saying. That's a very different proposition. We
3: haven't seen them together on television in, in in even that context, right? We well, we did with Big Brother, but that was many years ago on Channel Ten. Yeah, but they weren't working together when that was the case. When Kyle and Jackie O were on Big Brother, they weren't working together. In fact, Jackie sure? O wasn't. Kyle was. The only time Kyle's been on Big Brother was Celebrity Big Brother and Jackie O wasn't in the house. No, in the last series, Kyle and Jackie O hosted it together. Oh, yeah. How well did that go? Yeah, no,
1: I, I, I'm saying, I'm just making the point yeah, yeah. that they have worked together. Oh, yeah, um, sorry. My apologies. No, that's okay. The, um, I, I just make the point that I do think, I do think from an expansion point of view, radio has been missing has been missing a step here because radio is still something that can work on both levels as an audio proposition, mm. but also with the streaming proposition. And I know radio stations are putting more effort, Robbo, into their streaming services. But I, I think, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing here, I do think that um, Carl and Jackie, I would want to go one step further. And can I just say one other thing, Robbo? Yep, please. Here's the biggest example of why talent is important in radio carl and jackie o were at today fm yep. they went created this new brand called kiss yep. and everyone every executive congratulates themselves because it's working yes and now they're worried because carl and jackie o are thinking about going back to southern cross Australia. yes southern cross Australia have learnt the lesson You've got to look after talent well, because the audience will go with them. Yes. And this is a really important lesson for anyone that has a successful – has some successful talent. You've got to learn those rules, Robert.
0: You, you, do, you do indeed. You're exactly right. Um, with Southern Cross Osterio, they told Kyle and Jackie O they had maximum a year left in their brand maximum a year oh yeah so yeah that was arrogant executives correct correct but that's what they were saying so they told them that they told the board that everyone was going okay we've got a year they then went over to kiss and it was you know obviously a fairy tale but remember there are people here who have gone they've you've got a year left guys you've got nothing Mm. else you know classic subjective media get fucked most of you don't know what you're talking about or what you know and i'll go on record as saying that is this on record it is great. Um, the, other thing, the other thing is, thank you, Rob. Uh, the other thing is um, radio is too. made for this wonderful environment of social media. What a wonderful time to be in radio and successful because you can clip up great little segments and put them on social media. I've got to say, That's it. I haven't seen, and the algorithm, I love Kyle and Jackie O. I like Amanda and Jonesy. I, I, you know, I like all of these people. I haven't seen a lot of that stuff anymore. Now that might be the algorithm. That might be the way that I'm looking at things. I see so a lot of I'm Carl and o. To, Yeah, that's right. That's fine. But this is like it's the time is ripe for the picking. Get your clips out there because I'm going to say two words to you, Howard Stern. He is doing a great job and has done for a long yeah. time of you know making. I his still don't radio like the show. way he
1: shoots his show, but anyway, that's. A but whole he also hasn't
3: shit. cut through. Like this is the challenge. Yes, Stern has been live broadcasting from a video perspective his show for ages now and i mean people tune in no question but is it comparable to if the show could even be but um you know if it was broadcast uh on one of the four big channels or even one of the major streamers in the country i think there's the capacity and this will be the challenge for Colin Jackie always where do they find where do they find their audience in that regard because mm. they're already live streaming it Right. You can tune into the KISS website and watch the thing um, or see the myriad clips that get posted. Um, I think the challenge for Colin Jackie O in, in going down this route is look, there is no question they are doing huge business when it comes to radio and their, their clips go social, do all sorts of amazing things in that regard. I think they need to be cautious in how they value what they do in a video context and what value it will bring to whoever they're trying to sell it to because if unless ARN or Southern Cross stereo are planning to launch into their own effectively their own streaming service or delivering televised content in some way they're just not going to get cut through
1: they won't cut through they need mcknight we'll uh, make God. it happen we'll create a whole channel for you live plus called. Believe- Abby, you wanted to finish this conversation
2: <laughs> i think i i don't think that and I'm, I'm not saying you're suggesting this i don't think they would work on free to air i don't think there's any network yeah. or any time slot that would be them. suitable for what they do yeah. um i i can actually see it being on a streaming channel if they incorporate the visual elements as well. So if they just stream it as they do on their website where it's just, and on their social media clips and whatever, where they're just in the studio and that's all, I don't think that's enough. Um, I think I've, I've mentioned them before, but the H3 podcast is a show that I watch four times a week. Each episode's like three hours long and they, it is a podcast, but it is also very visual. And they do play the clips when they're talking about things. And they do, they have it all set up very, very well, kind of like the Android and Robo show once was. And ah. I think if they did something like that, where they actually incorporated visual elements of what they were talking about. You have to. Yes. I think it could work. I, I don't, yeah. I think, I definitely think it could work. I think it could work on streaming, but they would have to change a lot of how it's they do just, the show.
1: It's not just. Filming them doing the show. You're absolutely right. If you're playing a clip, there has to be a visual element. hundred percent agree. So
2: they would would just have to change how they do some of the show, but I think they're more than capable of doing that. Their production team is more than capable of doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it would be great.
1: Me too. All right, it's time to open the binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. But guess what, team? Robbo's trying to speak, but we can't hear him. So I'll do Robbo's binge box for him. (laughs) Uh, This week I watched... uh, Thirty rock. I love the balls dropping, amazing, and amazing. Uh, my favourite episode is when Kenneth makes a fool of himself. So it should be our binge box for the week. Thank you, Robbo. And I've been watching TikTok because uh, life's just too short to watch no, anything over no, thirty seconds. No. So, <laughs> oh, I think I can hear him sort of coming back. But that's your binge shows. box done. I watched uh, I <laughs> what have watched you been TV. watching?
2: Um I oh bless he's still trying. Um I've been back on Lost, so I'm near the end of season one. I'm enjoying it more than I was at the beginning, still not completely captivated. Um my brother did accidentally tell me the ending the other day, so that's put a bit of a dampen on the experience. Um I'm kind of watching it through a new lens, but it's fine. It's still, it's it's fun. Um, now,
1: your brother deserves to be shot.
2: To be fair, he did feel really bad, and it was a complete accident. And yeah, but it, it no, was no, – I did actually absolutely cry.
1: outrageous. I cried. Although how you describe the ending of Lost in one sentence, I do Co- not. know. Wait, can you hear me yet? We can hear Tell you. Me you Robert, can you hear me? No, can can't. you hear me? No, no, we we you hear me? Yes, you
0: <laughs> can hear me. yell, <laughs>
2: if you scream. <laughs> okay,
0: I told Abby <laughs> that it, it, you can't do it in one sentence. It's very complex. It's okay, but also, uh, it's the brother that, you know, it's fine to shoot him. It's not the one that I love.
1: You sound like you're married, married, running a marathon. What else here. have you been watching, Adam?
2: Um, My other one, which was so disappointing. So I am very easy to please when it comes to watching movies, TV. I pretty much enjoy anything. This documentary actually shattered me because I was so excited to watch it and it was trash. It's on binge. It's called Bama Rush. And yes. It's 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 about the um University of Alabama, their like sorority intake every year that they do. And this went this was massive on TikTok the last couple of years. Like Bama Rush talk was everywhere. You were getting to know all the people applying, and like it was this massive, massive thing. I was obsessed with it. Then there was word they were doing a documentary. I was so excited. What has clearly happened in this documentary is that they've set up with this great idea and have been denied access from literally everything. They have said, you cannot film anything here, you cannot know anything... So, the documentary has nothing in it. It follows. <laughs> yep. I'm not even joking. <laughs> no, but, nothing. Oh my God. It follows a bunch of girls who are applying for the sorority, who then almost all of them, except for one, drop out of the documentary before the end because they think that doing the documentary yes. is going to hurt their chances. So, you don't even get to know if these girls make it after you've been following their journey. And then the director clearly realized that she had absolutely nothing and had to fill two hours. And so she made half of the documentary about her alopecia, and it had nothing to do with any I'm not kidding.
3: And it was I felt like so weird, so I weird. I felt like an
2: asshole because I was like. I don't care about her alopecia but not because I like (laughs) it was just it would have like shots of these girls and then it would cut to her in a hotel room for five minutes just speaking to camera with no one else there going oh yeah and then this girl accused me of wearing a wig one day and I was like what am I watching I want to hear about the Alabama University What's This it's on binge I was shocked and then I thought I was an asshole so I googled it and it turns out everyone else said the exact same thing like Her journey with alopecia. Much respect. Make a separate documentary about that. That's a great story. Amazing. I don't want to hear it. Yes, Robert, we can hear you now. I don't want to hear it when I'm trying to learn about these girls who are applying to be in sororities in the Alabama University. Can I ask a quick question? The weirdest thing. Yes. A quick
0: question. Now that my mic is working.
2: Hmm.
1: Was she wearing a wig?
2: Yes, she was. She's completely bald. Oh my god! And so god. when she was in school and stuff, how she dare wore they a wig.
1: accuse me of wearing a wig when I'm wearing a wig? Well, yep. and
2: she was trying to relate it to these girls, uh, being like, "I understand these girls trying to fit in because I was wearing a wig." And I was like, "This is not the same. Like, what it was?" You know
1: what? Well, I was thinking bizarre. it sounds so bad. I'm going to watch it, but then I thought I'm bored just hearing about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's bizarre. Bizarre. and such
2: a shame. Such a shame.
1: <laughs> all right, I have taken all your advice, and I watched Jury Duty. On Amazon Prime ah, me Video. Too, me what too. What a fantastic. Uh-oh. Oh, thank God. What a fantastic oh, show. Shit. And on the X-Ray, you can even listen to all the episodes with the um, commentary, with the cast commentary. Yes. Oh. Yes. So I watched. Which is watched, an excellent think, Amazon feature. I seriously binged all eight episodes. Yeah. And then I listened to the commentary of the last two because I didn't realize it was on all of them. But yeah, there's a.
2: Can I ask a genuine question about that? Because I've seen commentary on things and like old DVDs of movies had it and stuff, mm. and I never did it. Doesn't that disrupt. Are, are you watching the episode and they're talking over the top of it? Like, doesn't yes. that disrupt yes, right. the episode?
1: They lower the. The, other the track. idea is that you've already watched it and then you're uh, going back and you're watching the episode again with the commentary or l- okay. like a movie when James Cameron talks over yeah, Titanic. Yeah. So you're not really listening it's not intended to for the, the first movie, view yeah you're yeah okay, you don't okay. you shouldn't do an audio commentary on the it on would the be unhelpful but if you yeah. ever want one of the best <laughs> dvd commentaries ever mm. the late show is it called the champagne edition? yes it is the champagne the edition. dvd which is all which is all these um specials and they were recording that commentary it must have been for three hours i've listened to it like five times just the commentary i've watched the commentary it gets loose with the. Uh, so they were drinking the, the whole time. Team.
3: They were Sorry? drinking the whole time,
1: and it's a one take oh, wonder. Yeah, and and they brought different people in for different sections, and uh, they they really do talk about the fact. Like, I remember at one point, one of them says, "I didn't think we. I thought we weren't going down this path." And it gets a little honest. It's great. It's a it's it's a really great chemistry. Uh, my second one is The Backside of Television, which is coming to binge on July 10, I want to say. Um, it's And all the episodes are dropping at once. Yep. And, Mark, I can't remember, is it eight episodes? <laughs> there are six episodes, Rob. Six episodes. It's really, really good. And I don't even agree with everything Mitch McTaggart says. I don't agree with all the conclusions he comes to in his monologues and the point he's making. But it is really good TV. It's so well-researched, and even as a TV junkie, I learned a few things along What's the way. About? The research on this show is really, really good. If you love television, you actually have to watch it. And as I say, you won't agree with everything Mitch says, but you don't agree with everything we say on this podcast. In fact, I uh, uh, someone came up to me and said, I listen to TV Black Box all the time. He said, don't always agree with you, Rob. And I said, But well, isn't that the beauty? You know, we we give you our opinions and you will either agree or disagree with us. So I'm really recommending The Backside of Television, all six episodes dropping at once on July 10 on Binge. You totally, Bob,
3: you you totally stole my thunder, Rob. I'm going to agree with you. It launches on Monday the 10th of July um, on Binge. Uh, The second season, the first season of The Backside of Television is available right now Uh, And I've watched all six episodes of the second season already And loved every second of it It is just hilarious And unlike you, and probably in news unsurprising I agree with everything that Mitch says I thought it was hilarious and he was spot on in just about everything Um, So it's very, very funny uh, and I I look forward to uh, to hearing what other people think about it. Definitely get on Season 1, which is all on Binge right now, along with uh, Mitch's annual wraps of Australian TV for the yes. past couple of years, um, which are definitely worth watching as well. So that, that's a great deal. Well done from Binge to pick up Mitch and, and the talent that he was uh, on SBS and, and turned it into a, a little mini sort of TV nerd empire on Binge. It's great original content there. Well, since you took that show... Um, no, no, no! It's not me. That's just me agreeing with you. <laughs> so the the two shows that I'm going to talk about, oh. the two shows that I'm going to talk about. Um, no, you just gave a mini review. <laughs> mate, you've lost your. Chance. No, I haven't. That was we me had all of, we agreeing. We
2: heard all about season
1: one. That was me okay, agreeing. So I'm, with, I'm just going to cut all that stuff out you've just said about the I, I would be unsurprised,
3: Rob, is what I will say to you. Um, the, the the two shows Aww. that I'm going to talk about now are um, outrageous. One the first one is one that actually really surprised me. And that is the Batuta Advocate Presents on Paramount mm. Plus. Oh, I want to watch this. I didn't I like it. I am not a fan of their social media stuff or their writing in that kind of context. <gasps> <gasps> I, I it's never tickled any of my fancy, so it's really oh, it a bit eye rolling about um what they were going to deliver. And I, I I still haven't come around on their social media stuff, but I am Really impressed with the three of four episodes that I've seen. The fourth one comes out oh, wait, this week. What? Are
1: you really? I'm I'm just not Mog. I, I got bored. Why is that wrong?
3: I They're I
0: didn't our have. <laughs> you so You've got to say his name <laughs> at least twice. <laughs> A sentence, otherwise he doesn't know what you're saying. It's like Jenna Maroney from 30 Rock. I don't
3: know.
1: She doesn't hear her. I do like their social media, but this was a fail for me.
3: (laughs) I really enjoyed it. I would commit it to you. The three topics that they've covered have been really quite interesting, including the Super League War and uh, uh, Brian Houston and Hillsong's current debacle situation. Uh, And the most recent episode um, is looking at the Cronulla riots. And I thought it, it was actually the sharpest of the three. So I'm looking forward to episode four that comes out this week, Wednesdays on Paramount Plus, the Batuta Advocate presents. If you want to check out. Do you know what out.
2: the next one's about, Mulk?
3: I do not. And I'm keen oh, to find yeah. out. Um, given how they've really kind of just increased the intensity of what the topics mm-hmm. are with each episode. the The, the very quick second one that I'll talk about is The Idol finished on Fox Showcase this Thank week. Thank God. And as a part of the controversy, we've, which we've already talked about at length, certainly Abby and I have, uh, is that um, uh, HBO have decided not to renew it for a second season. Mm. fair. Shock horror. Um, yeah. the, the final episode took a very hard turn that I think no one really expected and went to a direction that was absolutely a, a, away from the source material, so I'm told. Um, but continued the abhorrence and the misogyny for the first four episodes, it just meant that the outcome was it was shit and even shitter. So I've watched 20 minutes of the first episode. Well, I'm sadly I committed to all quickly? five hours. It was just horrendous.
2: That's very impressive, Bog. I could not. But very quickly, because we did speak about this a couple of weeks ago, and I found out more information after that conversation, mm. is that originally there was a female director, yes. and she was fired by the weekend because he said that she was bringing too much like female perspective into it. Mm. And I think that says everything you need to know.
3: It's it's just it's just gobsmacking how bad it is. If you do want to check it out, eh, about binge and Fox Showcase friends, but my encouragement would be to avoid every last minute of it.
1: Well, I'd be I've been thinking that we have too much of a female perspective, which is why I've been thinking about firing Robo. <laughs> 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 that right like, oh, right yeah, let's right get here, rid of so it. And- yeah,
0: burn the bitch. Oh, oh, but yeah, okay, no. Uh, no. Rob, it
1: sounds like we've got your mic back. Do you have time to do a quick binge box?
0: I really do, Rob. Actually, this, so this mm. week I was watching 30 Rock. Oh, okay. Um, so the thing I liked about it was the ball dropping um, and, and also um, Kenneth being outrageous about something. I think that's what you said. I yeah. And then okay. you watch TikTok. Yeah, I, no, no, I didn't. Uh, uh, no, no, I did, obviously. But um, <laughs> apart from that, um, I, watched, I watched the first 15 minutes of Colin from Accounts. Yes. On Benjamin and Foxtel. Now, the amount of people... Great. Really, uh, uh, pipe down for a moment because I've got, I've got a problem with this show. I've got a problem with this show. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we have to extend. We're going to have to tell news that they're going to have to go a little bit later. So yeah, call yeah. the presentation. <laughs> call presentation. News is going to go later. Great. Um, little I'll just call through the, the presentation. People.
3: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, big fella. Um, anyway,
1: um, so were you literally waiting for me to call presentation? I thought we were still on television. Um, <laughs> um,
0: <clears throat> so ma- many people. Okay, by many I mean three very separate people who are very different in comedic tastes in television tastes Have come up to me and goes. Hey, have you watched Colin from Accounts? I'm like, no. Well, the main guy is you. Okay. Now, these are three <laughs> separate people. So, finally, I stole a binge <laughs> account from Abby um, and started watching it. 20 minutes in, I don't find it amusing. I don't oh. find it endearing. I don't find it funny. And Maybe I'm he's not heading like,
2: too close to home.
0: I'm not like the main guy, even though the main guy is still likeable. The first
3: scene got me in. Yeah, that's because she got a tit out. <laughs> yeah.
0: and, well, of course you, you would, guys. But uh, I didn't find anything about that uh, first scene uh, enjoyable. But I just don't find it funny. It's so slow. There's there's nothing endearing about it. Like we had a we had a poo joke. Um, we had a tit joke. We we had another joke. I think it was a joke. I don't know because I didn't laugh. I wouldn't know. But I don't think there was anything comedy about this show. I did not like it. People are saying to me, "Hang in there, hang in there." I don't know if I can, uh, but Rob and Mok, you are saying, "Do hang in there."
3: Yeah, I loved it absolutely. But if you
1: don't like the first episode, don't hang in there because you're not going to like it. This is really simple. Why do, you know what episodes have to work from the get-go? I oh, no, you know no, I'm
2: people. A, no, I don't believe it. you cannot that you've expect people to watch two
1: or three no. episodes to get a show. You've got to get them from the start, and if it doesn't. You're dead. You're dead well, in you're the missing water. Out That's the on a consumer lot of good world TV. we live in.
2: You're missing out on. I got a lot of good TV. I, uh,
0: no, no. In, 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 in series, you need to give it three episodes.
2: I think four, but yes, I agree. In theory, yeah.
0: In films, in films it's
3: the whole bloody thing. No, no. My in general films, rule is three episodes. I, every series gets three episodes because by that time you should get a really decent understanding of the narrative arc, where it's going, what it's trying to yeah. achieve. Blah 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 blah. No. Which is too much busy. for the first episode to set up. Yeah,
1: no. That's the whole point. That's what they're paid big money to do. Get me
3: in. Show me. Show me a TV show that sets up accurately any series in full in the first episode. We mentioned one. Lost. Lost doesn't not set up. It does not
2: set up the whole series in
3: one episode. No chance. But, you,
1: but you, you, why does it have to set the whole in. series up in one episode? All it's meant to do is get you in and get you hooked and series can develop. Anyway, me. this is a discussion for another week because, guess what, kids? That you brings to us practice. to the end of this oh. edition of TV yeah. Blackbox. Well, Thank me. you for your company. Don't forget, for all the latest news, exclusives, reviews and all the other things we do, go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the industry get their news. I'm Robert Knight reporting live off tape in Sydney Robbo's been here, Abby's been here, and so is And we're the Groove team that will see you next week. Bye Woo, for now. I don't know what Bye. just happened.
0: I love what happened. <laughs> I fucking love the Groove team. He's off tape. I love that. And the presentation stuff and, and whatever, everything. Great. Hi.